Hey, this is Wait Wait What with me, yeah, man. Chua. So right now we need to uh, talk about sleep uh, because uh, I think that's a big day, uh, a big item moving forward. Uh, sleep, in, f- in fact, involves all of us, and uh, in conjunction with World Sleep Day on March 17th, it's also important for us to look at the kind of idea of whether or not Malaysians or the global uh, people, I suppose, uh, have enough sleep. Um, but it's also important for us to talk about your experience, Joa, being a sleep physician. Was it seven years ago, eight years ago? Yeah, 2013. Um, I was a medical officer at the sleep disorder unit um, in the Institute of Respiratory Medicine. Okay, so let's uh, let's go through with some of the statistics first. Um, in a five-year-old statistics, uh, nine in Malaysians suffer from sleep problems, nine in ten, uh, and it's one or more of sleep problem. This was given by M Life International and reported by the Edge. And on top of the sleep problems encountered, forty-six percent said it was due to waking up in the middle of the night. Thirty-two percent, or one in three, feel that they feel tired and unrested in the morning. I'm one of those. I'm one. In, I'm in this category. Uh, some what about thirty-one percent say they feel sleepy throughout the day. That's not me, especially after I do up on on uh coffee. Sixty-six uh, percent of those surveyed, meaning two in three, they face such problems at least once a week, and an average Malaysian sleeps about six point three hours. Although it is recommended to get um, up to uh, nine hours of sleep a day. Now, if I open my uh, health app on Apple, and this is a good time to actually uh, plug in Apple's sleep app as well as uh, the uh, corresponding Apple Watch, uh, on average, I get about four hours, 51 minutes of sleep for this month. And for the past six months, I get an average of seven hours, 30 minutes. So for the past six months, I get enough sleep, seven and a half hours. But over the past one month, I've been getting less sleep, which makes sense because I've been working a bit too hard this past month. So let's look at Chua's um, Apple Watch. For the past month, she has been getting six hours, two minutes of sleep. But for the past six months, she's been getting seven hours, 50 minutes of sleep. But eight hours, the recommended dose of time of sleep. And then if we look at Chua's range of sleep, it's 23 hours, 2300 hours and wakes up at about 700 hours, which is great, 11 to 7 a.m., the perfect time to sleep. So let's talk about sleep, Chua. You know more this, more of this than me. Uh, what do we know about sleep? Why do we need to get more of it? And how do we move ahead on this? Sleep is so, so, so very important. So previously, we're just talking about how productive you are, if you get enough sleep, how much healthier it is for your uh, cardiac function. But after getting into psychiatry, you learn that there is a lot more to it. So sleep isn't only important for you to maintain mental health, but sleep can also be an indicator that mental health um, may be affected or deteriorated. It can be one of the early signs of an early relapse um, for a, a mental disorder, let's say, bipolar, um, depression, or even schizophrenia. So we are advocating our clients to track sleep. So sleep journal, sleep diary is very, very important so that we can anticipate whether an early relapse is happening. But 
more importantly than all of that is since so many of us are having trouble with getting enough quality sleep, what are we doing when it comes to sleep hygiene, making sure that we actually do get more sleep? Talk to me about sleep hygiene. I mean, I can Google it, but yeah. yeah from a- basically, basically, they're just a bunch of tips to ensure that you are able to fall asleep better. And then when you do fall asleep, you get a better quality sleep. One of the most unhealthy things that we can do that we are all guilty of actually doing is going to bed with our phones. The bed should only be for sleep and sex. But I think almost all of us at some point of time in our lives are guilty of having our phones right in our faces in bed. And that is one of the leading causes of poor sleep. Okay, let's talk about some uh, ideas of sleep hygiene. Um, maybe you can walk through us into what constitutes us having healthy sleep hygiene. Right. So um, have a designated time of when you want to go to sleep. If you can have a turn down routine, that's fantastic because it tells your subconscious that, okay, we're getting ready for bed. Um, have the ambience of the room nice and cozy. That is very individualized. I know you like your room very cold and dark. I prefer my room to be slightly warmer because that really helps me to fall into slumber. Um, Some people like night lights because being in a room that's too dark is anxiety provoking. All right. Meals before the uh, bedtime should not be too close. It should be at least you know, about two hours, if not more than uh, than that before bedtime. Because going to bed just bloated and full is going to really disrupt your ability to sleep. A little bit of workout in the late afternoon would help because it will help you um, fall into sleep better with a, uh, uh, feeling a bit tired and all that. Coffee or any other sources of caffeine, none at all from let's say afternoon maybe 12 or, or 2 p.m because it does stay in your body for about four to six hours so if you take it too late in the afternoon it will still stay with you at bedtime um later on we'll have sarah lian she is a, a certified holistic coach that uh, addresses how we can relax better and this include um healthy sleep hygiene and of course uh, alternative therapy on how we can get better rest or better sleep Um, and uh, some of the latest projects that she's done uh, involve issues on sound therapy um, and many more so that's coming up after this Uh, we'll go for one short break when we come back we'll discuss a little bit more in terms of some of the news regarding sleep what 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 Welcome back. This is Wait Wait What with me, Yim and um, We're celebrating World Sleep Day on March 17th of this year. Um, we're going to carry on with some of the ideas of what constitutes good sleep, how to get better sleep, and whether or not this is attainable. Many of us are actually suffering from lack of sleep or poor sleep. In fact, if you can harken back to the uh, survey that was done about five years ago by MLife, nine in ten Malaysians do suffer from sleep problems. There are some apps that can help us track better sleep. 
when it comes to the sleeping apps market size for this year. According to the Express Wire, sleeping apps market uh, has grown quite tremendously and will have major impacts on business trends, sales potential, as well as growth opportunities all the way throughout the next five to six years. The key players in the sleeping app market and how high the competition is for this year include uh, the uh, apps like Persist, Sleep Genius, Inkscape, Nature Sounds, Relax and Sleep, Sleep Time, Sleepio, Sleep by Headspace, Relax Melodies, and more. In fact, I don't use any of these apps. I used to use one. I forget the name already. But right now, for me, I, I'll, I'll just use the Sleep app on the Health app on Apple Health, and I track my sleep using my Apple Watch. That's how I track my sleep, and I'm sure you do it too. I do do it, but I have one comment though. I would love it if it also tracks apnea. Apnea is basically when you stop breathing while you're sleeping. So the common problem that we do come across is that I can't sleep with my partner in bed because he snores. So snoring, um, even though it's a layman's epitome of deep sleep, it's not really it isn't um, it may be telling you that there is a problem with breathing while you're asleep and even though you get enough hours of sleep the quality of sleep is very very poor because basically when you stop breathe, uh, when you snore and then the airway closes down you stop breathing and the body the mind wakes up the brain wakes up to take a, a conscious breath and that really disrupts the structure of sleep so obstructive sleep apnea is a real problem and it is more so, especially now when we see that a lot more of our population is um, getting obese and morbidly obese. That's a vicious cycle. So morbid obesity can cause sleep apnea, but sleep apnea because of the effects on your hormones and the control of your diabetes, uh, 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 lipid control and all that will increase your chances or your likelihood to gain weight. It's truly a vicious cycle. That's something we need to look into. Do sleep people suffer from sleep apnea? Thin people? You can still. It doesn't rule out sleep apnea because sleep apnea, obstructive sleep apnea is just basically the collapse of your airways uh, while you're not fully conscious so you can have a narrowed airway to say okay uh even though you're thin or a, a normal bmi but let's face it a person with a higher bmi would have a more higher chances of you know getting obstructive sleep apnea i'm gonna try this word otorhinolaryngology what is it about? Well what is it about? <laughs> Otto is ear, rhino is nose, larynx is the throat. ENT doctor. <laughs> okay, ENT. All right. So, Otto laryngology Sleep Services Guidelines was published by the MOH of Malaysia in 2021, just two years ago. Um, and in this guideline, it provides clear um, uh, guidelines on the evolution on managing sleep-related breathing disorders. Of course, uh, one of them is, of course, obstructive sleep apnea or OSA. According to the guideline, it affects about five between yeah, 5% to 27% of Asian population. That's a lot. If it goes up to 27%, that means one in five, actually. That's close to one in three. 
one in, yeah closer to one in three i mean if it's five percent you know but 23.7 percent yeah it's closer to one in three um as the years progress according to these guidelines the numbers unfortunately show an inclination towards a rising figure uh in the forward that was uh, published by the uh director general of health uh, Tan Sri dr nur hisham uh, he says that the MOH is cognizant of the consequences of sleep-related breathing disorders and the burden exerted on the healthcare system and therefore to progress and reduce the number of incidences is to provide a comprehensive guide towards improving the standards of care on these disorders. And of course, the Deputy DG of Health for Medical, Dato Norhizan Ismail, also argues that the sleep-related breathing disorders do encompass various conditions, not just including of obstructive sleep apnea or OSA, but it is the most common entity within this umbrella. But there are many other issues when it comes to this. So the standard of sleep facility of Minister of Health uh, Malaysia 2011 was the previous SOP. Now we have a fresh SOP to, to supplement uh, the uh, management of MOH here when it comes to managing sleep disorder. Um, Chua, how do you manage obstructive sleep apnea or OSA? Is it to visit a doctor first or is it to go for, you know, alternative medicine or therapy? You're speaking to a doctor. So yes, go and see your doctor first. Always, always, always when we're looking at any sort of disorder, rule out an organic cause first. So is there something physically obstructing the airway? Is it the weight that is also contributing to uh, obstruction? All right. Uh, and then we look at the, the brain as well, whether there is a central cause for the sleep disorder or the apnea. All right. And then, of course, then we need to look at um, things that are not more, uh, are not obvious, not tangible. So we look at the psychology, psychiatry of it. Is there an element of anxiety, depression um, or mania that's causing sleep problems? After that, then we look at all the other issues, psychosocial um, and more of spiritual. And I, for one, have no issues, no problems when my clients come in and say they want to try an alternative medicine. So I think after this, I'm really, really excited to talk to Sarah Lian about this. Okay, so we'll be, we'll be bringing on Sarah Lian right after this break. We'll be right back after these messages. What? 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 Hey, welcome back to Wait, Wait, What? Uh, with me, Yemen Chua. Um, on the line, we have Sarah Lian. Uh, she is a very interesting character that we need to speak to. Um, and of course, uh, she is a certified holistic coach. Um, and Sarah, uh, maybe you can talk to us a bit on who you are. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, I usually introduce myself as not your average one-trick pony because I do many things and I wear many hats. I am, yes, I am a certified holistic coach as well as a sound healer. Um, and I've also been in the entertainment industry for about 20 years. So I guess you can see the diverse uh, type of skill sets that I would have from being a host and an actress to entrepreneur and now getting into the space of wellness. Okay, maybe you can talk to us through the whole idea of a sound bath. What is it all about? And why do people need to know about this? 
Yeah, um, sound healing is starting to become really popular. I think people are starting to learn that there are many ways of healing. Sound healing is just a different type of healing modality. It's a holistic practice that involves sound. So you have different types of instruments and the instruments that people are more familiar with that we use is the crystal bowls. It's 99% selenite crystal. And so when you when you play the bowls, there's a singing sound, much like if someone were to put water in um, a wine glass and, you know, sort of touch the rim, you're going to get this sort of reverberating sound. And so this sound creates a vibration in our body because our body is made up of up to about 80% of water. So sound always needs a medium. And when you're able to feel that vibration, there's a lot of things that happen within the certain frequency in which it occurs. So it's holistic because it affects people in many different ways. And not every single person is going to receive sound in the same way. So just like all different sounds are going to affect different parts of your body because of the frequency of the sound or the note or what we say, the chakra or where it's related to you and your body. Does that make sense so far? Yep. Um. So in in my experience with um in psychiatry, we do get a lot of cases of insomnia, and um fortunate or unfortunate, I I would lean more towards unfortunate. Most of us would tend to prescribe uh sleep aid medications, sleeping pills, basically, and that is a trend that is going into. Uh, dangerous grounds because it does cause dependence. Um, sound therapy or music therapy is one of the things that we are starting to recognize for certain um, disorders, especially when we're looking into neurocognitive disorders, aka dementia, uh, or the layman would call them penyakit nyanyo. Because it's not just about um, tapping into um, music per se, but it's also the effects that music has on recollection, memory, reminiscing. So soothing sounds, sounds that are familiar to the individual would bring the individual back to the state of mind when they are a bit calmer. If, it, if we're talking about anxiety and dementia, bringing them to a stable state of uh, calmness. So I'm looking at whether this is the effect that you're looking at when it comes to uh, using sound therapy for uh, sleep as well. You have a question? Yeah, I do. Uh, on top of what Chua was asking, um, do you see this as complementary as well? So it's not like mutually exclusive. Somebody goes for, you know, so for for um psychiatric help, um, may not necessarily need to go to sound uh therapy or vice versa. Is it complementing each other? Absolutely, absolutely. I truly believe in complementary um, um medicine, basically. So the modern medicine uh comes hand in hand with other types of treatments. Yeah. Um, Sarah. Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think there are many ways in which a person can heal themselves. And the phenomenon of these sound, these singing bowls is the vibration and the sound waves and train with your brain waves. So in that phenomenon, the wow, wow, wow sound is really, it ends up, 
if you understand what entrainment is, first of all, so entrainment is like, if we're at a club and we're listening to like, you know, a really amazing hip hop track, all of us are like bobbing our head at the same time. That's entrainment. We're all identifying with the same beat or the same note at the same time, or we're tapping our feet if you listen to a song. So that's what happens with, um, with sort of sound, uh, with, with sound healing, because your brain waves are going a certain speed. And the set, the music is also going to a certain speed. And if you've ever seen the image of five balls in a pendulum swing, and then suddenly they all end up going in the same way, that's entrainment. So even with physics and science, naturally, the energy will just go where it makes sense. And so with this entrainment, what happens is that you get into a really deep theta level. It goes from your alpha, beta, delta, theta. And I think that's what it is. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you guys are the doctors here, but um, you get into this theta state, which is deep sleep, right? Where you are conscious, your body is like already asleep, but your, your mind is actually still sort of conscious. And through that, we really believe that like it has pain relieving effects and that you're able to manage chronic pain. So for example, our mutual friend, Nana, she had this like issue. I think it was a knee or a shoulder. I forgot. And, you know, she, she joined one of my sound baths. And then when she was done, she was like, oh my goodness, like there's something that was gone. And it's that what, what sound healing does is that it gives you the opportunity to rest. So your body can probably, um, basically heal itself. So when you mentioned, you know, can this treatment or can a sound bath go in tandem with someone's treatment or someone's protocol? Absolutely. It's a holistic aspect of it. You know, this it's a holistic approach to healing. I've even heard of binaural beats where you have two different levels of frequency um, put on the same plane of like, you know, maybe your back or arthritis and people have actually seen themselves heal. So there's actually been studies where these things can help you, but to what effect? I'm not sure. I've never truly experienced it, but I have experienced people waking up and saying, you know, uh, you know, through, through my, through my sound baths, I'll say, you know, if you want to set an intention or if there's something that you feel like you need to let go or a question you want to be answered, just pop it in your head and just release it, right? Just relax, release it. You know, do, let's do some breath work, get you into the space where you just feel oh, like in a full surrender and they'll wake up 45 minutes later, an hour later, doesn't even matter when, and they come up and they're like, oh my goodness. Like, first of all, I've never had that level of sleep. Secondly, I it's like it's almost like my mind was able to be creative again. It was able to draw these these stories out and I was able to make sense of it. And some of them even they come out of it and they like they're like, can I give you a hug? And I said, absolutely. I give them a hug and they just start crying. And and it's and it's a release cry, right? It's like it's not like I did anything to them, but it was suddenly like, it just keeps coming. Like they can't, they can't stop crying. And it's such a beautiful moment because I always tell them that just let it go. Like, don't hold back. Just like push it all out, whatever it is. And when you're ready, your intuition and your mind and your body will, will come to an agreement or come to an alignment of where, what it was or where it comes from. And you unlock so many things there. And so sound healing is healing without the talk.
It's without the full understanding of what is. It's the, the subconscious, it's working with you at the subconscious level, at the body level, where your mind isn't even able to really process anything, but everything about yourself is, is healing. Yep. So um, that's so beautiful, Sarah, because um, previously the old traditional line of thinking when it comes to psychiatry and medicine is that treatment of a psychiatric disorder or medical disorder is based on biology. That's what's really is going on. Something's wrong with the body, the mind, the brain. And then um, uh, also social, psychological. But of late, there has been a better understanding that there is a fourth element to treatment which is spirituality here in asian countries more uh conservative societies they tend to automatically think that spirituality equals to religion which actually it isn't so each individual would relate to spirituality differently it can be religion it can be um all uh, 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 uh so, like sound bath or or giving back to society a true sense of altruism a true sense of connection with your environment your surrounding people around you mm. so yeah sound bath is one way so, to uh, achieve that so what what kind of people would need a sound bath or sound therapy is it people that you know that like our friend nana who has muscle aches is it people like me who when i wake up i tend to be having pains rather than you know well rested it just make doesn't make sense if you ask me um or is it people who have issues falling asleep or got nothing to do with sleep yeah, yeah. So, so what kind of people would normally be best served with a sound bath or sound therapy? I think anyone that feels connected to what I'm saying or connected to the idea of what is happening. Uh, it's anyone and everyone. If you just haven't had a good night, good night's rest, just come to enjoy 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 a sound bath and just relax. If you've been trying to figure stuff out, but you don't really want to talk about it yet, feel free. If you want to have a space where you're going to have this um, auditory journey for you to dream and go to different places, come. If you are, if you have anxiety and you are unable to really quiet your monkey brain or your monkey mind come because the the sound and the music almost forces you to just like relax because like i said because the actual phenomenon is entrainment the your the sound waves and your brain waves are going at the same time so as the as the sound starts going down, you're gonna be like, why am I so drowsy? <laughs> and you're gonna start, you're just gonna start to calm down. And at that level, at that theta level, you can't be thinking of stuff. You can't be like, oh, did I lock the door? Oh, did I feed my cat? Um, did I, you know, no. Like you won't have that because it, you're unable to, you're physically unable to in that level of sleep, right? In your REM sleep or deep sleep, whatever, you know, what we say are your theta brain waves. And so because of that, you will already get what you need to get out of it. 
But if you come into the space feeling skeptical, I'm not going to sleep. I don't want to sleep. I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay there. I mean, that kind of mental block that you're creating for yourself is already going to do you a disservice, right? And so any kind of mental block that you have in anything that you do, whether it is sound healing, whether it's therapy, whether it is, you know, meditation, if you create a barrier and a negative, um, negative uh, action or, or relate a negative reward to it, like it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you at all. Um, I can't really attest to um, the brain waves being in sync, but what I can talk about psychiatrically is this whole concept of overthinking, over worrying, anxiety when it comes to sleep. So what Sarah mentioned, um, it's bedtime and then you're thinking about whether I can sleep and you start questioning yourself. I want to sleep. Please sleep. Oh my God, I'm still not falling asleep. It's been two hours since I've been in bed. So one of the concepts that we really, really want people to try and achieve is the concept of letting go and just experiencing mindfulness. So uh, that's what we're trying to achieve uh, even with sound bath, even with yoga, you know, just take the moment, take the experience mindfully. What are the things I can hear? What are the things I can see? What are the things I can feel, smell and touch and taste and experience that as it is and not overthink about all the other things. The concept one of the things that I really, really advocate my uh, clients to do um, is mindfulness, especially uh, with yoga, because yoga, you do create um, a situation where you release a lot of no normal, natural, happy hormones that will help you enjoy life, that will help you feel better through the exercise, the physical exercise. But it's different from going to the gym. It's different from playing football because of that element of mindfulness exactly what sarah said set your intention it's not a goal i have to sleep now and i have to sleep for five hours it's an intention i'm going to try and sleep because i know that's what's good for me okay thank you very much to both of you actually try and sarah um sarah if people want to learn more about what you do where to go um you know call to action how do they reach out to you Absolutely. Um, you can go to superretreat.com. It's S-U-P-P-A, retreat, R-E-T-R-E-A-T. Um, we have different types of experiences that we like to create. Um, what I always say is like we like to create empowering experiences in safe spaces. So whether this experience is in person online on in a workshop, at a retreat, or even, you know, you getting an email from us for the next five days about gratitude or about, you know, your inner child or about self-love, you know, this, these are the things that we like to foster um, is that these experiences that you are able to create for yourself and that you're able to get your own realization. So whether it is, you know, sound healing or our, our new moon manifestation rituals, you can get so much more. And um, yeah, essentially we are a community that believes in you and we believe that everyone has the power within them to heal themselves 
um, obviously with the help of, uh, you know, professionals as well, but, you know, that intention to, to get better, that intention to understand yourself, that intention to learn, to draw patterns, to make these connections within yourself so that you don't project that to, into other spaces that, you know, didn't need to receive that, right? So, you know, we believe in that and, and carrying that light um, within you. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Sarah. Um, that was Sarah Lian, the uh, Certified Holistic Coach, uh, joining us for this particular talk set. Uh, we'll go for one more short break. When we come back, we'll discuss a bit better about how to conclude World Sleep Day. We'll be right back after these messages. What? 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 Okay, let's do this. Uh, um, wins and fails. Somebody needs more sleep. Yeah, my wins and fails. Uh, World Sleep Day. Uh, the wins are that sometimes it's in. I get enough sleep, and I sleep at eleven o'clock, and I wake up at five, and I don't feel sleepy throughout the day. My fails would be things like waking up feeling sore, neck pains, uh, muscle aches, stuff like that. So I still have a lot of work to do when it comes to getting good quality sleep. Sleep hygiene was there. Holistic uh, methods are there. I wouldn't say sound baths are medicine, but you know it is a holistic approach to uh, you know things that get you best sleep. Yeah, those are my wins and fails. How about you? My win would be um with the fitness journey I'm going through in the past year and a half or so. Um, I'm getting better quality sleep. I'm not getting more sleep, but it's of better quality and ha having an actual physical bed partner sleeping next to me is really helping as well that's a big win absolutely big big win fails you do realize that world sleep day is on the 17th of march what's the date today 23rd so i don't know whether that's considered a fail because we slept through six days <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Wait Wait What is a production of both Chua and Yim. Uh, if you want to learn more about how to get in touch with us, just reach out to us on our social sites. Don't bother checking out my IG, it's pretty slow, small, small, just like just, I just can't grow my IG followers. Follow me on Twitter, I'm better there. Um, and uh, but Chua is big on both, actually, quite, quite, quite fun. So follow us uh, at DR Mastura Rosli or Dr. Mastura Rosli or myself, Ibrahim Saminet. Catch you in the next one.